Hey, hey, welcome to a brand new episode of the Straight Up Show Podcast. I am your host, joined by my joined with my uh my friend, Nemesis. I don't know what you want to call her, but today we have Christina. Once again, it is an episode where Christina and Calvin are tag teaming together. Christina, how are you doing today? I'm doing good today. Doing good. You're trying to change that for me, but I am. I'm, I'm, I'm making it. I'm trying to change that for you because, you know, if y'all know, I had surgery and here I am back again. Uh, I think I sound better, but Christina really kind of, you know, made me feel bad about having surgery and just messing with me. So she's lucky she's invited mm-hmm. back to the show. Yeah, I made you feel bad. Yeah. So I, I called him the day of his surgery and he didn't pick up. Did you call me? So. I did. <laughs> I was. I high. called you before your surgery. I and, was uh, high on some like, medication that I didn't know was. I even call her back. I, I mean, okay, man, all right, cool. I I invite you on the show, so you're here with me. So you know, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just kidding. But no, it's always great to have Christina here. And like I said once again, we're back. This is a new season, and I sound great. But um, Christina, like me, the last episode of Christina and I did together solo. Uh, was the episode that we talked about relationships and you know the the longer the older that I am uh, there's a lot I don't understand about you know the opposite sex and I, I guess but because when you're in high school Christina it's all about like girls 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 and when you get to college it's about girls 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 and then like you know the older you get the more you try to and some people don't actually get to this point to where they actually like hey you know there's more to this, just like, you know, you're thinking with your whatever, but there, there's a lot more to not just females, but men as well. Uh, but some people don't understand what people go through in relationships and just within their personal lives. And so um, what I do is uh, a lot of my guests come from Clubhouse and it's an app that where it's kind of like a chat room, like the form of AOL, like AIM, everybody remembers AIM. And uh, and you just kind of socialize, and it's like you get to verbalize and talk to people. But I find myself because I am a well, not, I'm kind of like a father figure to my niece. I don't have any kids of my own, but she's turning into a young uh, female. And so um, I, I want to know more about, I guess, females itself because you know I, I've been in situations to where I was not as sensitive to some people's feelings, and I'm guilty of that, very guilty of that. And there are some things that some people must go through that uh, some men don't understand. So I purposely hang out in a all, most majority female chat room uh, on Clubhouse because uh, they talk about, you know, just men not listening and what they want from men and stuff like that. So Christina, you know, I'm big on like relationships and stuff like that because I'm still single. I'm 30 something years old and still single. So I'm big on trying to figure out, hey, why can't I get this right? Clearly it's you. But yeah, we'll just have to figure that part out later. Yeah, we'll do a part two. We'll do a part two for you. Do a part two. But like, I think the more is that I don't, and I'm not speaking for all men, but me as a man, I have been insensitive on some subjects. And it's like some females do go through trauma. And it's the same trauma that I've been through personally with my family, my, you know, and I've had a family member who was going through some issues. And I was there for them. I actually been stabbed over it. And it's, it's personal, but I would do, yeah, I don't think you knew that, Christina, did you? I actually got stabbed over that, yeah. And, but it, it wasn't was, me. It wasn't you, no. But I, I was there for one of my relatives who uh, needed my support in that situation, and I was able to go with them. Uh, so 
with that being said, you know, uh, we definitely love our women, especially Christina. She is one of the strongest women that I know, uh, even though I give her a lot of stuff. But she is one of the one of the strongest women that I know. And I do often look for her to support, you know, especially with the show, because uh, Christina, I don't know if you know it, but a lot of our people that listen to our show, they love just our banter and our, our interaction <laughs> with each other because you're so strong and you, you're so fearless. And so, uh, and I'm not kissing up to you. Don't make that face. <laughs> but you were. I forgot you can see me this time. <laughs> yeah, I can see you. But no, you were a strong black woman and that, you know, that, that makes me so, I'm honored to be, for you to be on our show. So with that being said, there are so many women out there who, who don't have their story heard and some women who are out there who go through things and they don't really have an outlet or if they've been through something, uh, they don't know how to overcome it and push past uh, the situations for a brighter future. So on today's show, we have somebody that I know, one of my friends, Acacia, gives out to Acacia, uh, she kind of started something brand new and it's ways for women uh, to deal with their trauma that they've been through and to, to, co to cope with it. Uh, so I want to bring on today, if y'all don't mind helping me welcome, Miss Chrissy Crystal of Self-Reflection Girls and Women's Organization. Uh, Crystal, how you doing today, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being on our show today. I'm glad you were able to take time out your busy schedule to help us out. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. I hope I gave you a proper intro uh, so we can bring do this thing right and do it right by uh, your organization. You did. All right. All right. So, uh, Crystal, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, once again, my name is Crystal Rose. Um, I live in Irvine, Texas. And I started um, kind of just coaching practice, a coaching practice that I that I now have um, that branched, that led me into another field. And and I would like to talk about that whenever you guys are ready for me to open up to that. Yes, ma'am. And like I said, just um, just if you don't mind, like I said, this is kind of like a very sensitive uh, episode. And like I said, I told you earlier that, you know, I, I got to be careful. You know, I'm being careful because I don't want to say the wrong things. But uh, you have an amazing story uh, of triumph. And, you know, like they always say you can't have a testimony. You know, you definitely been through a test. Uh, so if you don't mind, just tell us right quick, uh, just give us your story. Uh, you don't have to talk about your organization just yet, but just tell us about your story and how you were able to get into coaching. And uh, like I said, this show is straight up. So anything you want to say or you don't want to say, it's up to you. Uh, but we want to hear your story uh, so we can kind of build up to why you got into this organization. Okay. Um, my story is I was sexually abused from age three to 11. And um, going through that particular, um, those traumas and episodes um, is what led me to the, the person that I am today. Um, I've, I've been through a lot in and out of dealing with psychiatrists and counselors of that sort. And once I actually healed from, from being um, diagnosed with post-traumatic stress uh, syndrome, um, those things were able to help me realize that I needed to help. 
now that I'm healed, I needed to help other girls and women that that went through similar situations. I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, um, when you went through all this, how long did it take for you to actually just like put on that bravery shield and just, you know, say, you know what, I need this help. Uh, I mean, was it like a, was it a practice or how did you overcome it? Well, um, throughout my teenage years, I kind of just swept it up under the rug. Um, I didn't start to uh, realize that I needed to heal from this particular um, abuse until I had my daughter. And when she turned the age, I started getting molested. Then those um, traumas started coming back because I was one, I was a parent that this wasn't going to happen to my daughter and I was going to make sure it didn't happen. And the stress of trying to hover and protect her is what caused the, the trauma to come back. So I was about 25 when I started dealing with um, my issues of the past. That, that it just, it, it, it's really a sore subject because like I said, I, I can only, when you said your daughter, like I don't have any kids, but my niece is my world, you know, and I I, I just, you know, just I, I I tell I tell her like, hey, you know, when somebody gives you a hug, man or woman, you know, just you know, you have to hug a certain way. You right. Know? Because and then we're we're in this we're in this virtual world and we're in a world to where you don't know what the average person is thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody can just be as sane as Bill Gates or somebody, but you see these uh, these other these billionaires what they're doing now, and it's just it's so scary. And I can I I haven't been through anything like that because uh, I I I just haven't, and so I don't know how that feels. But just hearing your story, it's already making me get goosebumps and just like chills because I'm like, dang man, this this really happens. And, you know, and I commend you for being not only for coming on our show, but being as strong as you are to help others and use your pain. Because, um, I mean, do you still have any kind of like recollection or just kind of like like any trauma of that still, even though you're still helping other people? Or is it just? Uh, no, no, I can honestly say I can discuss it and it doesn't affect me like it used to and that's why I said honestly healed because when you discuss something like that with others you're vulnerable and you're you're scared you you feel victimized and now you have to trust this information with with other individuals and I don't have a fear of that so I am honestly healed and I'm I'm willing and able to help other women and, and girls feel the same way I feel inside out. Wow. And uh, for those of you who can't see this visually, you can just see the passion and the, like, I say strength, Crystal, you can see the strength on your face and just like, man, you are strong. And I'm like, I see why you're doing this. And like, you know, cause some people just tremble and it's like, you know, but you say, Hey, I got it behind me. Now it's trying to move forward and we're going to push forward and we're going to push forward more with Crystal because this is an amazing story, what she's doing. You don't want to miss out. We have more Crystal and Christine on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. It's more Straight Up Show podcast on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. Summer is approaching. That season where most friends and family travel, have family reunions, and enjoy that family vacation you've had over a year to plan. If you haven't had your vaccinations yet, there's still time. 
You might think you're fine now, but the reality is you're not. There's still contagious variants out there, and some states and cities are still behind on getting vaccinated. Don't ruin your family vacation by worrying about traveling in a hot spot. And don't be the one to cause a loved one at your family reunion to get sick. If you're still deciding on whether or not to take the vaccine, do some real research. And most of all, do what's best for you and your family. Take the politics out of it. And like everything on our show, think about it with an open mind. All right, welcome back to the Stream Show podcast. It's me and Chris Dennis together today. Uh, we're we're tackling this thing. This is a very important issue. Uh, it's about um, just you know overcoming trauma, especially with women and girls who have been abused. Uh, today we're joined by Crystal Rose of Self Reflection Girls and Women's Organization uh, out here in Dallas. So, uh, Crystal, once again, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. And so, you know, you gave us your testimony and your story about uh, you being a sexual abuse uh, victim and um, you, you overcame this and, you know, and you no longer have that trauma anymore. So you were, you've been able to turn this trauma into strength. As I said, I saw the emotion of you telling your story, but it's strength. So how did um, this loving self and all this stuff going on, the healing and the coaching, how did you get into this? Um, I started kind of coaching, not really coaching, not knowing that it was coaching on an app, um, other women on another app. And I was doing it for like two years. They would always email me or uh, want to chat with me about different things because they knew what I stood for on the app. And randomly a couple of women would say you need to do this for a living I was like I can do this for a living <laughs> and I started investigating and doing my research and it's considered life coaching so I decided to open up a life coaching practice loving self to mental freedom and um from from opening up the uh, loving self to mental freedom I decided that those who could not afford more on the low income demographic is why I opened up the um, nonprofit of self-reflection girls and women's organization. All right. So Krista, you were saying that you, you found an app, like what kind of app was it? Like, was it like just like, like a dating app or. No, actually, it, it started out as a, a chat app, more of a video um, chat app called Tango Live. And now it's turned into more of broadcasting, live broadcasting. So I had been on that app since 2003. And I've been off and on coaching uh, women of that sort on that particular app. Because so, so if like you don't know anything about the app, the app is more sexually driven and a lot of women are doing things on the app for money. Right. Kind of like an OnlyFans. Yeah, I, I would say kind of like an OnlyFans. Okay. And this, and this these are ones I said, if y'all listen to me, I'm, I'm tiptoeing a lot because I don't want to be insensitive. 
Um, and you may hear me say that a lot because I just don't want to put it out there. But like, do you think these women who do stuff like this, like these are victims of sexual abuse too? Or do you think that's something that that's why they kind of put themselves out there like that? Or Oh, of course. Um, a lot of the women that I talk to on the app that are doing that have been sexually abused. And um, that's most of the reason why they feel comfortable because it's been throughout their life. So it's to them, it's not anything wrong because this is what they know. This is what they're comfortable with. This is how they set up their life. So they're okay with, you know, showing things physically to a total stranger on the opposite side of the camera. And they're okay with that. But a lot of women start to realize that they're getting older and this is not the best way to earn money. And they feel comfortable talking to me about it. And that's how I guide them, you know, out of the situation. On your page, I browsed it for, for a moment earlier. And you okay. tended to specify the ages of 13 to 45. Is there any reason why you start at that age and end at 45? Or is that just kind of a, a range? Oh, no. There's a reason behind it. Um, I don't start earlier than 13 because of the simple fact that the um, child could not grasp the skills to start the healing journey. And I don't. Uh, help women after 45 because there's medical issues that come to play like menopause, um, early sets on dementia. So you start working into health issues, you know, along with what I'm trying to teach for as healing. I, I, I was very curious if that mattered or not, because I would understand not wanting to start it too young. Uh, because sometimes people do repress things and some families do feel it's better to allow it to be repressed but unfortunately it comes back like you had the experience with your mm -hmm. own child and the sooner you can discuss it the better your life the quality of life can potentially be later mm -hmm. um, and I was curious about the cutoff age because I wondered if it mattered with you know some people have lived their lives repressing it and would it cause more damage bringing it back up so not late in life because 45 isn't that old or anything. I'm mm -hmm. 30. <laughs> so I, uh, it, it was a matter of wondering why that age range was so specific because you mentioned it a few times on there. So. Right. Um, you know, with women, there's early menopause. You start working into more of a health and medical background. Um, and that tends to interfere with what I'm trying to teach. You know, if they got health issues going on, menopause and hormonal imbalances, then that works, you know, way on the opposite scale of what I'm able to do. So I, I, as I would tell anyone that ever asked me, I will, I'm like a pimp. I want to get them as early as possible. So then they don't have the same issues into adulthood like I did, but Doing my research, the earliest to feel safe and comfortable where they can comprehend what I'm teaching is 13. What did, um, well, I won't ask that necessarily so invasive, but about how young have you coached? Um, the youngest I've coached is 16. Still really early. So it is. Hopefully, is she, did she respond well? Does she, you know, accept it well? 
Yes, she did. Um, I actually have her posted on my um my loving self page because she went through the loving self. Um, she actually went through it and she's healing and she's about to graduate and head off to college. Congratulations. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. hearing stories like that. And mm-hmm. it, it it's so scary because, you know, you know, it just sounds so bad. Back in my day, we didn't have like much social media. So like, you know, right. it is it's it's a it's a blessing and a curse. Uh, it's a curse because there are more predators out there, you know, and mm-hmm. there's more people that can be victimized. It's a blessing because you can expose these people, you know, now, you know. Um, so, like I said, you had a 16-year-old, you know, and, you know, there's no telling what, that's, and that's I'm, not, I'm not a parent, but, like, my yeah. biggest fear is that I know how people are, especially me working the news, I see a lot of stuff that's happened, and it's not just, you know, not just for girls, because, I worked on a story, uh, and God bless his soul, uh, to where this guy pretended to be a, a 13-year-old little girl. And he sexually abused a 13-year-old boy. He plays a taxi driver and picked him up, and but all because of social media. And so there's countless of stories like that that's not being exposed and stuff like that. And so um, with that being said, like, do you find that these most of these women are they meeting people online like these younger girls are they are you is that like the the younger they are the more they just got tricked on social media or uh or a catfish or something like that i would say 70 70 percent is in the household relatives friends of the family um i they're easy to you know, be susceptible to the child because nobody thinks, okay, that's your cousin, that's your brother, your uncle, you know, they won't ever do anything like that. So most of it comes within the family, within the household. And, and, I and to... social media do, do play a role in that, mm. but not as much as being vulnerable in the household with these predators. I was trying to find this, uh, it was a meme but it's one of those like hard hitting memes to where it's like, and this is culturally that uh you know black people would talk about the smart son in the, in the, in the home, call him like you know make fun of his intelligence, but won't acknowledge the predator in the family. I mean, do you think that's kind of like a true statement or? It is. And it, it is. And I'm trying to figure how to word this the right way, like. Do you think it's a cultural problem? Like, I mean, I'm not saying there's like black people, but people of color at all. Or are you getting any like any, I guess, white uh, white advocates at all, or white? Um... Um, I have consulted with um, more uh, white on the love and self side, but the nonprofit side is more African American. Uh, this is uh, it's a lot to take in. Um, so when it's coming to the loving side of it, you know, we're shifting gears and the loving side of it, you know, this is a lot to take in and, and like 16 or 13 to 45, you know, when a, when a girl's 13 or somebody's 13, they grown, they think they're grown, but then you can't tell them nothing. Like, so when you're on these, these apps and stuff like that is, is, I mean, how often is, like you said, you, you said, but two or three girls actually say, hey, you should do this for a living. Like, is the message, from the, especially the dual age gap, 
is it often received or like, especially with the younger, how do you connect to the younger audience compared to like somebody who's 33 or 23, you know, already out the house already? True. Uh, that's a good question. I listen. Most of the time, teenagers just need you to listen and not advise. Once you build a trust and they can trust you just to listen, then you can go to the next step. And you can ask them, well, are you wanting my assistance? Do you, what is it that you want me to do to help you? And when you ask that question, you're giving them control. You're not, you're not controlling the situation or the relationship between coach and um, uh, victim. You allow the, the teenager to come to you and however that is, it could take months at a time, you know, at their own pace. You don't force it. When you start to force it, it's when you lose it and they don't feel comfortable. They tend to run away from it. You allow them to open up to you. Right. And it's that, and I guess like that's where some parents have trouble at when they try to force it. You know, mm-hmm. I say, hey, how can you tell your mom or your dad that, hey, you know, uncle such and such touched me? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, you know, you say you can't force it, but if you're a parent, how do you get your child comfortable and I guess trustworthy to say, Hey, you know, if something like this happened, this trauma has happened, like how do I get them as a parent, my 16 year old, 13 year old, how do I get to, Hey, you know what, if you can, this is a safe space. How can I get them to that safe space where if I ask them that question, they don't have to be embarrassed or they have to be ashamed. I mean, cause some kids are, they'll take this to their grave that they've, right. been, they've been touched or sexual abuse. How do you get, how do you, I, I guess as a parent, how do you get them comfortable enough to say, yes, it's happened or no, it's never happened or make them not feel as uncomfortable or embarrassed? Well, first you, you just let them know. Um, you use scenarios. Um, maybe you heard something on the news or you you have a friend that has a daughter around about your daughter's age. And you just go to them and you say, well, I have a friend of a friend and her daughter had this going on. And I want you to know if anything has happened to you in that way, you're come to me. You're this is a safe place. I'm going to listen. Just come to me. And a lot of times most teenagers do journaling. They rather write it down and hand it or leave it on the mother's dresser or mail it to them in the same household instead of going to them and handing it to them. So, and I'm, I'm glad that was brought up because that was one of the questions I actually had for you was about, you know, how does a person who's not necessarily a family member or anything, but how would you go about, you know, advising them to approach, but you, you answered that very well, and like very clearly. So I hope listeners uh, comprehended that well enough. Um, but speaking on the, the term of abuse, does your uh, organization only primarily work through sexually abused women and children or what else? What, what constitutes as the abuse for you and what you handle? Um, I specialize in the sexual abuse part, but what I will be doing in the future is networking with other um, uh, counselors and life coaches that will specialize in the abuse, the violent side of it. And we will kind of have like a network of, of individuals that 
that specialize in all forms of abuse. I hope that it works very smoothly. I hope people respond to it well. So I want to transition. I'm, I'm, I keep saying this young age because I feel like, you know, like you said, we have to catch them early. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You want to catch them early because, I mean, um, I know in our community, especially where I grew up from, like I was 16, 17. I, was, I had to figure life out on my own. I mean, my mom was there, but she had some issues that she really couldn't help me out with. And I was being adolescent. I was like, man, you can't tell me nothing. My hormones going crazy. I'm just like wowing out. And, you know, I was lost. You know, luckily, but the rest of God, I had a group of people who wanted to just you can calm down and, you know, get your life back. But there's some people out there, especially I know back in my neighborhood, who don't have that uh, privilege of having somebody to hold them down and say, hey, you know, you tripping, like, you have to get yourself together, like, I mean, because these people, that's one of the people who have to get the easy money, because whether it is Black men, we get the gun, and we start doing stupid stuff, or is it Black women, or or people of color, they go to the internet and start doing other stuff like that, and it's mm-hmm. people who, and whether it's gangs, or whether it's pimps, or whatever, they know that these adolescents, or these teenagers are vulnerable, because they don't have that, that structure at home, right, so, when you grab these children and they actually, you know, they've been abused and I'm just kind of painting a scenario right now and they actually are in high school and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and then, you know, this is what you and I talked about before. Do you think it's harder to be, to, to feel loved or want to be loved in a relationship after this, whether it be parent or boyfriend or girlfriend, like, do you think that the loving aspect of feeling loved, feeling wanted this can be impacted by this? Oh, definitely. Um, Sexual abuse impacts every aspect of your life, not just um, being in a relationship. Um, With my own personal experience, it affected how I got up every morning. I was always getting up bitter, angry, you know, holding this in and blaming the world for what I've been through. Um, And when you have that type of energy and vibe everything goes wrong after that you know just getting in the car to drive to the store you you meet someone and you're flipping them off and they're angry you're angry and it just it ruins the whole vibe of your life because you have this that you're holding and it's so heavy and all you want to do is just carry it you don't want to tell anybody and you just want it to go away well the more you fight against those emotions the worse you are if you start to feel those emotions say it out loud speak it you know this happened to me even if it's no one in the room you have to verbally say it out loud in order to start dealing with the with the fact that you need to heal from it because i was miserable I was a miserable being. I was always angry and making up excuses why I couldn't do things in life and shutting down for weeks at a time and no one hears from me. You know, I I I was a horrible person and I had I hate to say that, but I was because I was dealing with something that no one else knew what I was dealing with. Wow, just a brave person. All right, here comes the conservative part. I'm about to okay. play devil's advocate, okay? Um, there, and I just said that jokingly for some people who are out there going to criticize me. Um, so people want to speak it out. But do you think there, and I, I know, but 
there are some people, I mean, from the people who don't understand or the people who who are not in those people's shoes, right? Do you think that there are some people or some women or girls, especially younger girls who want the attention, do you think that a lot of them cry wolf? They no. just they just they just say it out loud to say, you know what, uh I'm gonna say this and this is gonna get me out this scenario. No. They're saying it to see how the individual that they're saying it to will respond to it because actually they're needing that attention. They're they're at that time that person is being vulnerable and wanting someone to say, What happened? Are you okay? How can I help you? And that's the only way they're able to verbalize it. And they're ready. Once they verbalize it out of their mouth, they're ready to heal. And I want to stick to the theme of relationships. And this is what you and I talked about outside the show. Uh, and like I said, I'm a, I'm a very, I love going to all female groups because, you know, the more, because to me to be a uncle of a young little girl that I love so much that, you know, what the way I carry myself now uh, is a reflection of how she's going to act and treat herself. And she cares herself as, as a woman, even though her mom is doing a great job. I think me as a male figure in her life, I have to carry myself the way, way better than I was in college. Cause I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I mean, I was, I'm a guy, I'm in college and, you know, I was chasing girls, you know, that's just me being honest with myself. And that's, that's my truth. But at the same time, I see how me being insensitive uh, has, a, has impacted women. And, you know, I was in a room to where these women were talking about their abuse and how women, men treated them. And, you know, and with the men there, they felt so attacked and they were so quick to respond. And the all, all they wanted to do was just vent. That's it. Mm-hmm. And not yeah. let us, but like, and it's kind of like they wanted us to be the punching bag, but they wanted us just to listen. And it it took me because I'm like, man, what should you do? You know, you know, but I was ready to, you know, buck up and just talk back. But, you know, the more and more I kept going and listening, you know, there was so much trauma within that room. And this is like Hispanic women, black women and sprinkling a little white women. But these are women in our community that were so hurt that all they wanted was us to listen. Mm-hmm. So I say that to say this. If this is a scenario, I guess, you know, 13, you were sexually abused and you, you kind of get past it and you kind of, you keep it hidden so long, you know, you, 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 you put on that thick skin and you, you go to school, you don't go on OnlyFans, you just go through school, but knowing that you've had this sexual abuse hidden away, nobody knows you went through it. So you go to college or high school and you start to fall in love. And then, so there's a gentleman and you and him are nice. He treats you well. He's not looking for anything else. He's treating you nice. And you feel like this one is the one and you're feeling love. But then you have that moment to where y'all get intimate. And then she closes down. So, and this is probably, I would say 90% of guys. Mm-hmm. They take that as an insult. Like they're the problem. Right. So they're going to be like, you know, this is me playing devil's advocate. You know what? So I don't want to be with you anyway. If you're not going to get, because like, you know, sex is driven hard a lot in our culture, especially in the millennial days. It is. You know, it's very, it's very driven. So, you know, and I'm, and you're thinking with your, you know, whatever. And so, but instead of us younger guys not listening, 
you know, about the trauma and actually understanding it, she's too embarrassed to say what happened to her because she doesn't want to have this love that she has. You know, how can us guys not be, I know it's, I know it's going to be listened, but how do we, how, how do we deal with that as men to say, hey, you know what? We, we know that you've been through stuff. We're still here from you. But I guess not get our sexual urges mixed up with love. You know what I mean? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? It does. And men have an uh, issue with that. Because like you said, they think mostly with, the, with their private area. And that's all they're thinking about at that time. So they, they're not opening up to what she may be really going through. And that just proves that she hasn't healed because if, if she's healed before she actually got into the relationship, those things doesn't, don't happen. She's able to say, this is what happened to me. Please don't do this. Please don't do that. Something that would trigger her, her past. And a lot of times that's the issue is when, um, men even husbands i've dealt with husbands that that got married and they they dealt with this woman up until marriage and then this woman comes out the wife comes out with it two and three years in the marriage and he's he's really crazy like i don't know what happened what did i do and all i want to do is just have sex i want to have sex with my wife and that's all he's thinking about but she's needing him to find uh, patience with her. Don't force, don't ask, wait for her to come to you. When you start seeing signs that she's straying away from sexual activity, it's not about you. Stop being selfish in that moment. It has to be something else. She's gotten to this point and now she's not having sex with you. It's not about you. It's about her and what she's dealing with. So try to display patience with her. And the more you display patience and you wait for her to come around, it's going to make her fall in love with you all over again because you're showing a side that she's not used to. And it's going to make her fall in love again. And she's going to want to work through those issues so she can please you. Yeah, so basically, and I'm not meaning this in any like type of like, um, well, it is negative in a way. I was like, but it, it, as long as they're remembering that it's not going to be a fair situation, mm-hmm. I think that's that's easy to take because I think that's very hard for a lot of people to swallow. You're like, well, she's not even, it's not that she's shut down. She's mean. She's really aggressive with me because there's a lot they're going through. So mm-hmm. It's going to get really hard on you and you've got to decide which is only fair to you as the individual if you think you can handle it, especially if that person cannot verbalize it. So I'm, I'm just definitely not going to be the person to kind of say, just hold your tongue. I was like, do it if you can. Try your hardest. Try your best to hold out. But it's, and that's it's not, not what I'm, I'm it's saying. It's not going to be fair. Uh, that's but not what you, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying hold your tongue. She, the, he must display how he's feeling at this time. And she knows, but if he has to verbalize it, verbalize it and kind of just let her make the action. Don't say, you haven't given me this and this and this, and all of a sudden you're not having sex with me. You're either going to have sex with me or you. Or I'm going to cheat on you. Or I'm going to find someone else. 
don't don't be insensitive like that. It's something else going on. Verbalize that you feel neglected and give her the time to make the action on how to improve the situation. And so, that being said, um, what what resources are there for people, other than, victim included, but what other resources are out there for a person who's going through that? Like, there's no self-help or, you know, guideline. There's no instruction manual to, right. you know, how, how to be the caregiver in this case. So what what's available for people to look up and try to, you know, just from your experiences yourself, do you know any sites or groups or anything for the caregivers? Um, there are groups. You you Google um sexual um what is it? It's um the the spouse of a sexual abuse victim um groups and you google that and see if there's any groups in your area or you can just um enlist a counselor someone that deals with the um spouse dealing with a uh, sexual abuse or any type of abuse and there's always sources there you just have to uh, research them and i think that plays really big on commitment to to that relationship you know because if being on the negative side and playing devil's advocate that would make me feel like I have to walk on eggshells. You know what I mean? Like if I say one thing, cause I, I like any relationship, you don't want to be a trigger to somebody at all. Right. You know, cause I ain't gonna lie. I, I avoid some people, some dating because I don't want to trigger to past relationships. And I think that's, that, that's outside of being sexual abuse, but like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, my biggest fear in a situation like this uh, would be to be like walking on eggshells. You know, I don't want to do the wrong thing and be a trigger. Does that make sense? It does. Um, I don't think if it's more of a sexual abuse, if you're just having regular conversation and daily activity, I don't think you will be a trigger. The only trigger will come when you're trying to force her to be sexually active with you. Whew. It's a lot. <laughs> Wow, that's a lot. And then, like I said, I think it's a lot to hear. How do you think it is being in it? Yeah, I always think of it that way. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not trying to think about that person. Yeah, and I'm trying to think about myself. It's just that I, I want to be as sensitive as possible. And I'm not talking about me specifically. I'm talking about just as a man. I want to be, know. you know, just because I think a lot of it is just listening. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and I think. And, and patience, yeah, and patience, mm-hmm. and and like I said, just me, me, you know, me personally, like it's just a, you know, I, I'm learning a lot because I mean, I wasn't, the, I'm not the best person to date. I, I had my flaws, and I, I was very insensitive, you know what I mean? Because at one point, it was like a competition, you know what I mean? Who can you talk to the most, you know? And right. um, especially in high school, you know, how many numbers did you get? How many numbers did you get? You know, and and it's like, you know, you don't really think about because. And this is me putting myself in a line of fire. I have, I've, I've done stuff that I thought was so minimal uh, to girls in my past that ten years later that they still think about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like that really made me take a, a step back. Plus, having a niece too, which is like, man, just if she ever went through this, I would, you know, go crazy. And it's just, you know, and I'm not, and some guys say, oh, this is making you look weak. I said, no, man, because at some point in my life, 
I want to give the same love that I want to somebody else. You know what I mean? Right. And so that's and I'm I'm not getting younger. I mean, I'm kind of heavy set. You know, my my, my pickings are slim. So <laughs> I, I want to get. I'm just messing with myself. I, I'm I'm not selling myself short. Still saying you can hit me up on my DM. I'm just kidding. But I, I'm just saying that. Like I, I want to have this. Sound this might be far fetched, but I want to have the old school love to where like we right. can talk to each other and like if you go into something or if you've been through something, like let's work it out. And if we can't work it out together, let's get some counseling so we can do this. Because like I said, like just to like me being insensitive to some people back in the day and to have that still impact them ten years later, that hurt me and that that hurt my character, you know. Right. And I was just being a stupid young person not being sensitive so wow this is a lot crystal has definitely come on our show uh and dropped some gems and you know gave us some stuff uh we're going to talk about ways that you can help her in her organization on the other side of the break make sure you stay tuned to the straight up show podcast tired of the same old boring clothes want to support your favorite podcast but don't know how well you're in luck the straight up show podcast store is finally here in our Teespring shop, you can find all the merch that tells the world you're keeping it straight up. From t-shirts, to masks, to even leggings, our store has you covered. Just visit straightupshowpodcast.com and click that merchandise button. That's S-T-R, the number 8, upshowpodcast.com. So far, our season finales have always been about celebrating straight up hitting a milestone. But this year, we're celebrating with you. This year, we want to celebrate with you by answering any questions you may have about the Straight Up crew, show, or just general questions. I would like to say anything goes, but who knows? You've probably heard worse on our show anyway. Send us your questions by emailing us at straightupshow at gmail.com or by messaging us on social media, Instagram if you need a preference, or our website. Links will be in the description. And yes, we do accept video messages. All right, so we're back here on the Strap Show podcast, joined by Crystal. Uh, we love yourself to mental and uh, just a great organization. We're here with Christina as well. Um, Crystal, so you were trying to tell me about dating and like, you know, the things that you went through with dating and being a, uh, a victim of sexual abuse. So like, what were you trying to tell me? I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, that's okay. Uh, I was trying to tell you, I went through a similar situation with the guy and those men that, um, they exist. You just have to, you know, pick well. Um, I dated a guy a total of nine years and I knew him before we started dating. And we only dated when my daughter was over to her dad's house on the weekend. And a lot of times he would come over and my daughter wouldn't go over the dad her dad would say oh I can't get her this weekend so I'm stuck I'm having I have I'm trying to date and then I have my daughter and I'm trying to be this mama bear to make sure these things doesn't happen to her so if he would spend a night um we would be in the living room watching tv and he would say I have to use the restroom so I would literally walk him to the restroom and wait by the door because my daughter's bedroom was right by the restroom. And I would walk him back into the living room. And if he would spend a night, I made him sleep on the opposite side so I could feel 
him get up, even though I was a light sleeper, I could feel him get up and cross over. And I would say, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to the restroom. And this happened for months on end. And about six months into the relationship, he says, wait, this has to stop. When are you going to stop this? You can't follow me everywhere as long as my daughter was in the house. Yes, I can. If you have to go to the kitchen, I'm going to the kitchen with you. I had issues with trust and I didn't want the fact that I wanted to date. I didn't want my daughter to be susceptible of something happening to her because her mom, her mom wants to date and have a life as well. So those situations do happen, but there are some patient guys and he's African-American. So there are some men out there that are willing to be patient and and help you through the situation. No, but uh, that that story, I mean, of course, it's valid. But I said that story in particular is a very relatable one for people who've been through something because it happens really quickly. You'll hear, hear the stories about, uh, you'll hear the normal ones overnight. This happened, or she would go to the store and this would happen. But it it could also happen really quickly, just from the couch to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You don't know what he's done in that 30 seconds. And she does it. Sometimes it's so fast. They don't know what just happened in those 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. It adds up. So it's more than a paranoia. It's, be, it's because your brain can't cut off because you think of all those things and those times that something happened. But just like you were saying, there's a lot of guilt and, and, and you know, feelings of being ashamed and embarrassed because of things that have happened to you when you were younger before you could even handle it you know where you just like oh you 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 don't want to date because you're afraid something could happen to her and then you'll hold that even longer and it'll be even heavier because you're like just because I wanted a a boyfriend mm-hmm. um, I wanted to date somebody this happened to my child and I mean you you do want to believe you would be able to stop it you do want to believe that you've picked well and you do want to believe you know uh that if if your child does come to you and say something happened, that your first reaction would be to act. You know, you want to believe those things, but you don't want to take the risk. Mm-hmm. So you you get extra aggressive about it, and you get very on high alert, and you just do the best you can. But I'm happy to hear that you were able to be with somebody for that long who mm-hmm. was willing to wait because there they are. There, there's always. It's not just on Hallmark. <laughs> you know it's not just a lifetime movie they exist uh, and then there's, so just take as wise as you can that. Um, I stayed in the relationship even though I didn't um, love him anymore I felt like he was the one I could trust so I felt I needed to stay in that relationship because I didn't want to have to trust someone all over again and I stayed in it that long knowing that I, I wasn't in love with him and um, so that was the pro, the the con of that, because I could trust him. He's been there through in and out of psychiatry and I could trust him with, around my daughter. So I stayed in that relationship that long because I was able to trust him. Wow. Um, that's a lot to go through. That's a lot to balance. It is. Now you're Crystal Rose, man. She is. Strong. I said at the beginning of the show, she is very strong. And that's just, I, I'm just trying to wrap my mind about all of that and just how you balance all that. And then um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and we'll let you go. Um, 
as a parent, because, uh, you know, and it's not just, you know, being forced sexual abuse. I mean, sexual abuse can be the way you hug somebody, you know, and the way you look at somebody. You know, a lot of people don't know that. And and uh, and as a parent, how do you how do you how do you prepare yourself for like or warning signs or how do you try to prevent this before it even is happening? Like, I mean, like, cause you know, people say, always say stranger danger and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. but you know, how can it as a parent, because like I said, me, like, because I know how, I think working in the news really traumatized me because, you know, I know how people are. And I think the whole thing about the whole cab driver thing, that really messed me up, you know, uh, as a parent, how do you prepare or how do you try to prepare yourself to even not deal with this, but like Christina said, not your first reaction is to, you know, go off the handle. I know I would. Right. I started with my daughter at four um, with different scenarios. And even if things like this happened on the news, I would make her come and we would sit down and watch it together. I wanted to bring it more so as a reality and not something that I'm just saying. So if she could see that this stuff was happening, um, she can say, okay, this is something really happening. My mom is discussing something with me. But I was so aggressive, you know, not knowing that she couldn't handle that. And as I stated before, her dad, him and I were separated. And she would go over there every other weekend. And I would kind of coach her. Like, um, when you take a bath, what are you supposed to do? And we're going through this scenario. Your dad can't come in. The, he can't come in the bathroom with you. Um, you lock the door. Once you go in, if you have to use the restroom, nobody's supposed to be sleeping in the bed with you. Nobody's supposed to touch you. And we're going through this whole scenario. This is like every other weekend. And she's four. And she's like, mom, she yells out like, stop you know and I I had to look I had to step back she's four I'm traumatizing her with my own issues but I was trying to protect her but the way I was going about it was wrong so um all I all I can say is just be open and honest with your kids give them the scenarios let them know that these things happen and it could be worked out. Don't be afraid to open up if something like, even if you feel like your, your uncle has pinched your shoulder and you felt like that's sexual abuse, let's talk about it. If he pinched you too hard somewhere, let's talk about it. Even if you don't believe the situation is, is we must discuss it. Communication is key, especially in the black community. Our generation of of mothers and fathers, what they decided to do when way back then, and my mom was uh, one of the victims of sexual abuse, but she didn't tell me until after I got 40. So she's 75 and she's just now opening up to me about her rape. So she swept all of this up under the the carpet throughout her life. And it was like that back then. You, whatever happened to you, you didn't say nothing. You closed your mouth. And and it's it's a generational curse. 
because it's going from the next generation to the next generation to the next generation. And then you have all these African-American people with mental issues and having healed from trauma and having opened up about things that have happened to them as kids. And then they're raising kids that are, are unhealthy because there are unhealthy parents, you know, and it, it, it really makes me angry in a sense that, um, that our parents just not strong enough to, to handle things and be able to raise children in a proper way. Because if she was able to heal from that, she would have been able to warn me as a little girl. And then I would have been able to open up if that happened to me, and then I wouldn't have lived half of my life in misery. So it, that is really a touchy subject to me when it comes to our, um, our generation. And that's why I formed Self-Reflection Girls and Women's Organization to deal with the demographic of mostly African-American um, individuals that are going through things. And you, you, I'm telling them, it's okay. It's okay. Come out. Talk about it. It's okay. The only way we can heal is we heal within. And once we heal within, the happiness and the freedom comes out. And then we're able to love freely. We're, we're able to not feel so um, aggressive towards things because we got all this stuff bottled inside of us. So if I can heal, help heal one person throughout their, their sexual abuse, I, I would just be so honored because that one person is going to help another person. And then that other person is going to help another person. And then we're going to have a healthy generation of women, girls that's turning into women, you know, and, and that's what I want to see throughout the organization is, women healing and helping each other. That was, um, you're about to have me in tears right now. That was powerful. Um, just, I, I, I'm speechless right now, you know? So that's, that's why I think that, you know, if you're listening right now, you have to research self-reflection girls and women's organization because like they do help abuse girls and women uh, in, especially in the Dallas area right now, but, they are working to empower women and, and women, women and, and girls to become stronger and healthier and like just just have that positive mindset to to achieve and become better women of tomorrow and that's just i mean Kristen, sister i mean you you're strong like Thank you. I, I appreciate you so much for uh coming on our show and um if people want to help you and help the uh, self-reflection of girls women organization, uh, tell us how they can help you out and uh, donate to you or maybe call you or, uh, or things like that. Tell us how they can reach you. Okay. I can be reached um, through our uh, nonprofit website. It's www.selfreflectiongirlsandwomen.org. And I can also be reached by phone at one eight three three three. Three five six eight four six four. Okay, there you have it. Of course, we'll have all the links uh, down below, or if you know, if you're listening, we'll have it uh, in the description of the podcast. Um, I'm gonna ask: Do you have any words of encouragement or 
anything to kind of help the people who are on the fence or those that are capable of helping them with opening up and reaching out to organizations like yours? Right. Um, I do have um, some words of encouragement. Um, Find someone that you can totally trust. It's easier to talk to your friends. Find a friend that you totally trust. Get get your trauma out to them. And that's going to help you gradually get the professional help that you need. Because the more you talk about it, the more you reveal what happened to you, the more healing it is. And then you're you're able to open your heart up to more things to help you heal. Well, thank you. And I hope somebody hears that, takes it to heart, and actually applies it. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I do too. So, I guess it is. It, y'all, I mean, we, we always talk about joining our team. Like, this is a team you should join uh, and give you know, give help to Crystals. And, you know, especially if you are one of these powerful women who are, who've overcome things like this with sexual abuse or abuse. And, you know, you had a lot, had a lot of self reflection of yourself and, uh, you were able to overcome that and be empowered by loving yourself more. And you can contribute. Definitely go to Self-Reflection Girls. I make sure I can get this right. I don't want to mess it up. Make sure you go to selfreflectiongirlsandwomens.org uh, and join the join the conversation and join them. And uh, not only just give, give if you want to donate to the group because they just started out, but, you know, you see what you can do to help out because there are so many people out there who don't have a voice. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we have Crystal on our show because we need to amplify this. Like, like she said, there's uh, so much. I talked about a meme earlier and I talked about how, you know, in the black community, we'll, we'll down the smart people in our family, but then we'll, we'll hide the fact that there's somebody in our family that's abusing and we're so embarrassed by it. And that's not to me to be a sellout to my race, nothing like that. And this, I see this in the Latino community as well. But you know, I am African American. I see this in my, my my race a lot. But is there's that stigma, you know, and we have to hide it, and we're too embarrassed to talk about it. But we need these conversations right now, uh, to where we, we 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 talk about it because if we don't know what's going on, if we don't speak out about it, and there's a mental trauma that can affect not only my generation, but it's impacted Crystal's generation, Christina's generation, or Casey's generation. So, uh, Crystal, thank you once again uh, for coming on our show. We definitely want to extend an invitation for you to come back in our show to tell us how the organization is, and we hope that this show will help amplify the voice uh, of your organization. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. So with that being said, uh, that is the end of our show. We want to thank you uh, for joining listening to us today. And make sure you go to our website. Uh, get all our merchandise here of our previous shows at straightupshowpodcast.com. That's S-T-R, the number 8-U-P, showpodcast.com. I can't believe I got it all right this time. But we want you to join the conversation, not only with Crystal Rose and her team, but with us too, because where there is a voice, we want to amplify and make sure all ears, those who are willing to listen, so we can help you the right way. Until then, there's only one rule to our show is, gotta be... There you go. Christina got it. All right, y'all take care. Have a good day. Bye-bye.